This is Stanley bringing you the sound doctrine of the Bible. Under God, I conducted sound doctrine seminars in 1997, 2007, and 2012. The talks of these seminars are now made available to you in segments of 10 to 15 minutes each. They are for your enlightenment and edification. We continue from what we saw in the previous segment. The supreme purpose of studying the Bible is to have the knowledge of God. Knowledge of God. There is one word which explains that, that is theology. Theology means knowledge of God. Biology. Physiology, ology means science, theo means God. So theology means the science of God or knowledge of God. So don't say, I don't want theology. That means you are telling, I don't want to know about God. Don't boast, I have not studied theology. That means you are saying, I don't know anything about God. <laughs> That's why on the first day I told you, you are listening to a non-seminarian. I did not say you are listening to a non-theologian. We have come here to study theology and the main reason for studying Bible is to know the science of God or knowledge of God. Let us take some verses to support this statement. Proverbs 9 chapter and verse 10. The knowledge of the Holy One, that is true understanding. The true knowledge is the knowledge of God. John 17 and verse 3. This is Jesus speaking to his Father, giving a definition for theology. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. The theology. Knowing God, that is eternal life. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. Knowledge of God, theology. So grace and peace are brought to us by the theology, by the knowledge of God. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Maybe we can look at the last portion of the 10th verse. Increasing in the knowledge of God. That was the prayer of Paul for the believers. Sometimes we have a very abstract idea about Christian growth. What is Christian growth? Suppose I ask you to write down, there are 500 people here, there are 500 different answers will be there. But basically, Christian growth means growth in the knowledge of God. That's what Christian growth. 2 Corinthians 10.5 What is the spiritual battle we are primarily engaged in? 
casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Spiritual battle is working against all the forces that work against the knowledge of God. 1 Corinthians 15th chapter and 34th verse Awake to righteousness and do not sin. Some do not have the knowledge of God. So he speaks about unbelievers, people who are living in sin. What is the conclusion we come to on the basis of these verses? All believers are theologians. All believers are theologians. But all theologians may not be believers. You see, now this is where we need to make the understanding. Are you theologians? Ah, two days what I have taught to you has not gone waste. <laughs> To make you a theologian, I have suffered for two days. Are you theologians? Ah, very good. Because we have the knowledge of God. Whether it is B.S.C. zoology or M.S.C. zoology or Ph.D. zoology, you are a zoologist. <laughs> so, we are theologians. We have the knowledge of God, which is life eternal. Yes, the study of the word of God is to know about the God of the word. The very purpose of studying the word of God is to know the God of the word. Many people go as far as to Bethel. They don't go any further. What is Bethel? House of God. But some people go beyond Bethel. They go to Yale Bethel. What is Yale Bethel? God of the house of God. Bethel means house of God. Yale Bethel means God of the house of God. We should not stop with Bethel, we should go to El Bethel. We should not stop with the Bible, we should go to El Bible. Now that is the ultimate reason why God has given us this revelation in the 66 books contained in this volume called the B-I-B-L-A. This God which the Bible presents exists in three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The doctrine of Trinity is one of the most important doctrines of the Christian faith. Like any other doctrine in the Bible, we find the doctrine of Trinity progressively revealed to us as we move from the Old Testament to the New Testament. In the Old Testament, we have a partial revelation of Trinity. And in the New Testament, we have a fuller revelation of Trinity. Now, we will begin with the Old Testament. Book of Genesis, chapter 1 and verse 26. 
Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Underline these words, us, our image, our likeness, us, our and our. Now sometimes people say that this is a plural of majesty. But that is not correct because in the Old Testament we don't find any monarch addressing himself as we. He always addresses himself as I. And others say that in this creation plan God was speaking to angels. God never involved angels in creation and man is not created in the image of angels. But God says in our image. Now book of Genesis chapter 3 and verse 22. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us. So again we have the plurality of God. And come with me to the 11th chapter. The Babel incident. We read in verse 7. Come, let's go down and there confuse their language. Now we leave out the other examples and quickly come to a classic example in book of Isaiah which we often quote in missionary challenge meetings. That is the eighth words of the sixth chapter of Isaiah. I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? You see, there is a change. It says, I, first person singular, and suddenly it changes to first person plural. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? First person singular and first person plural used interchangeably together. There's a very positive proof for Trinity. And Psalm 45 and verses 6 and 7. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you. Here is God addressing God. O God, your God, has anointed you. Now come to Psalm 110 and verse 1. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord said to my Lord. Now this is the verse with which Jesus Christ cornered the Jewish teachers who would not accept the Trinity or the plurality of Godhead. Now turn with me to Matthew where Jesus used this to whip those religious leaders. 22nd chapter, reading from verse 41. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How then does David in the spirit call him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand? The Lord said to my Lord, How is it possible? And verse 46, no one was able to answer him a word. It does not say no one was able to answer him. It says no one was able to answer him a word. 
not from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more jesus literally cornered these people with this question because the jewish people were not ready to accept that god existed in three persons if they had accepted it they would not have any difficulty in accepting jesus christ as god and god's son it was that problem you see failure to understand one important doctrine at whatever level it was revealed in the early old testament that becomes a perennial problem in their further understanding of the personality of the lord jesus christ isaiah 48 and verse 16 look at the latter portion now the lord god and his spirit have sent me See beautifully the Lord Jesus is a messianic passage in the Old Testament. The Lord God obviously referring to the Father and his spirit referring to the Holy Spirit. They together have sent me. See what a classic passage. These passages all you should remember even with reference and you should memorize them. Now we will move on to the New Testament. Luke's Gospel, chapter 1 and verse 35, associated with the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. The angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. That is the third person of Trinity. The power of the highest will overshadow you. That is the power of God the Father. And the Holy One which is born will be called the Son of God. That is the second person of Trinity. So see Trinity involved in the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now come with me to the river Jordan. See what we witness in the banks of the river. Matthew chapter 3 verses 16 and 17. Then Jesus when he had been baptized came up immediately from the water. That is the second person of Trinity. Heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending upon him. third person of trinity and a voice came from heaven saying this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased this is the voice of god the father the first person of trinity now come to the baptism that we are commissioned to give new believers matthew 28 and verse 19 go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit now actually in the original it is not in the name of the father son and the holy spirit it is in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit that is that emphasis is important so that distinction also needs to be kept in mind following baptism we have the outpouring of the spirit where the gifts are given to us we read that in the 12th chapter of 1st corinthians reading from verse 4 to 6 diversity of gifts but the same spirit third person of trinity differences of ministries but the same lord second person of trinity diversity of activities but it is the same god that god the father the first person of trinity 
Now after you come to the church and manifest the gifts when you leave the church. 2 Corinthians 13.14 The pastor sends you with a benediction. Grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Now this is very similar to the Aaronic benediction we read in Numbers 6th chapter. In Numbers 6th chapter verses 24 to 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. That is one person of Trinity. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. That's the next person of Trinity. And it says, the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That is the other person of Trinity. So the Aaronic benediction of Numbers 6, 24 to 26 and the Christian benediction of 2 Corinthians 13, 14 are comparable. That is 1 John 5, 7. There are three who bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word and the Holy Spirit and these three are one. It is better we do not use these words because these words is not available or found in many of the latest reliable manuscripts. And that is why even in NIV Bible you don't have that verse. So it's better we don't take this questionable passage to prove a very important doctrine. We have got so many other verses and they are enough for it. And even when you get some more new Tamil translations or Hindi translations, this 1st John 5-7 will not be there. So don't be alarmed. Because it is a problem in the original. There are some problems in comparing one manuscript with the other manuscript. Doctrine of Trinity is not to be just brushed aside. That is perhaps very pivotal for a biblical understanding. Even today, failure to understand and appreciate the doctrine of Trinity has led to so many other doctrines which we are all coming. So I am now laying a foundation for that. So we are getting into more serious subjects, so that needs uh, uh, greater and uh, more intensified attention from your side. We will continue our study in the next segment. God bless you.